Hi there, everybody. I'm Devin Wilkins, and my two co-hosts for today, um, Jonathan. Hello, everybody. I am back. And Bob Chrysler. Hello to you, too. And uh, is everybody warm enough today? Mm. A bit too warm, if you ask me. Yeah. Very warm. Yeah. They say it's supposed to improve. In January, we'll be wishing we had some of this. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is Insight Peterborough, and uh, welcome. And I'm uh, Devin Wilkins, CCB, um, the Peterborough chapter of the CCB, is the uh, presenter of this uh, project called Insight Peterborough. And if you uh, want to send me an email, you can send it to insightpeterborough at gmail.com. Or if you want to send CCB, the Canadian Council of the Blind, um, the Peterborough chapter, an email, you can send it to ccbpeterborough at gmail.com. Well, late last week, we heard about the untimely death of a Peterborough musician named Charlie Earle. That was really too bad. Uh, she, I think she was only in her early 30s, wasn't she? I believe uh, maybe late 20s. I don't, I'm not quite sure. Okay. But she has a wonderful voice. And um, we thought we'd uh, play a song to begin the show by her. It's a live performance, so, you know, the audio might not be quite what uh, you uh, might hope for, but at least you'll be able to hear her. What have we got there, Jonathan? Uh, this is Charlie Earl with Be My Baby. All right. All right, so let's get this going. This is, again, a live performance. I'm not quite sure from where, but um, we'll play it e either way. Here we go.
Okay, that was Charlie Earle with uh, uh, that song, uh, which is kind of familiar to us. And uh, we're uh, passing along condolences to any of her family or friends who might be listening. That was very unfortunate what happened. And uh, all right, um, last week we were talking a little bit about uh, telephones, fellas. Mm -hmm. And um, what I didn't mention at the time is that um, the iPhone and the Android are uh, really the in things. But because of the touch screen, they can be or can pose a little difficulty for some people who are blind. Now, I won't say all people because I know some who are real whiz kids um, on both the iPhone and the Android. However, there is a, um, a phone that uh, is being sold now called the Blind Shell, and uh, a, a lady named uh, Carrie Morales has done a demonstration of it, and if you catch uh, our podcast a little later in the week, you'll be able to find out where to um, uh, listen to it again, although, well, we have it here on the show, and uh, it'll be on the podcast. So anyway, uh, we're going to play a song by Hank Snow. He is uh, Canadian, yep. uh, or was, yep. uh, and... Um, uh, what what is the name of the the actual name of the song? Uh, the song is called "I Just Telephoned Upstairs." Oh yeah, I just telephoned upstairs. Okay, it isn't quite about tele uh, telephones, but it's uh, the closest I could come. And then we'll go right into the uh, the uh, description of this blind shell classic phone. Okay, here's Hank Snow with "I Just Telephoned Upstairs." Just telephone upstairs when I'm troubled Never need to drop a nickel in at all For the boss is there a-waiting I'm not exaggerating He's sitting there a-waiting for my call I just telephone upstairs when I'm troubled And it gets a little rugged here below while a boss's phone is ringing, my weary heart starts singing, and suddenly I hear him say hello. It's a long way to heaven, but I'm sure to get there by and by. For if I can see the road ahead of me, I just dial the operator in the sky. I just telephone upstairs when I'm troubled Never waste my time or worrying at all When I don't know where I'm going He's got his way of knowing And he's sitting there waiting for my call I just telephone upstairs when I'm troubled Never need to drop a nickel in at all and the boss is there awaiting. I'm not exaggerating. He's sitting there awaiting for my call. 
Every prayer you say is like a phone call And moonbeams are wires from the skies And rainbows are the stations away up there in heaven Where the boss hears your truths and all your lies If you say I'm weary and I'm lonely He'll tell you what to do and how to start And suddenly you feel the very strangest feeling Like a mountain had been lifted from your heart People pray for money and for riches They don't know how poor some rich folks are I found a friend that gives me consolation Yes, I have really found my lucky star When I don't know where I'm going He's got his way of knowing And he's sitting there waiting for my call In this video, we're going to talk about a phone specifically created for the blind and visually impaired. That's the Blind Shell Classic Phone. Hi everyone, it's Carrie from Live Accessible, and as I mentioned before, today we're going to be talking about the Blind Shell Classic Phone, which is specifically made for the blind and visually impaired. It's completely accessible, and it has auditory and verbal feedback, as well as large print. It's really easy to use, and it's a really great option for those looking for an easy and accessible solution. But hey, if you're new here, welcome to the channel. We do videos on technology, tips, resources, and encouragement for people who are blind, visually impaired, and sighted supporters. So please subscribe and hit the bell for more videos like these. So here's the phone, and thank you to Blindshell for sending me a phone to review. In the box, it comes with a phone, of course, as well as a charger and a pair of headphones, a quick start guide, some QR code stickers for the object tagging, which I'll explain a bit later on, so it has a 2.8 inch TFT display, which you can actually turn off like the screen curtain for iPhone and the dim screen for Android, which is pretty neat. And you can do that in the setting. So below the screen, it has these physical buttons, which are really tactile. And it's kind of like this candy bar, older style phone. It's approximately 5.2 inches high by 2.2 inches wide by three quarters of an inch thick. So I have the red version and it is red on the back. It actually has this really nice texture on the back. It's plastic, but it's textured, so it doesn't pick up fingerprints as much, even though I can't really see the fingerprints anyway. <laughs> it is smaller than the smartphones that we have today, but it feels just right in the hands. It feels really nice, actually. You can definitely use this with just one hand and reach all the buttons. It comes with 4 gigs of internal storage and you can use it with a micro SD card. It has Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and GPS. It has voice control, voice dictation, speed dial, internet radio, FM radio, a camera where you can add voice descriptions of all your photos, an SOS button on the back. You do have to set it up, of course, before you use it. It has alarm, timer, stopwatch, calendar, notes, voice recorder, calculator, weather, dictionary, email, music, and a book player, color identifier, localization where it can tell you where you are, and object tagging. You can use these stickers that it comes with, put them on an object you want to label, and you can make audio labels, scan them with your phone, and once you get to that item, you can scan it, and it will play back what you recorded as a voice label for that object. 
This is really similar to the pen friend and the label one and things like that, which can be very helpful. And of course, you can call and text your contacts. So let me just describe and explain the layout of the phone. So the screen is on top of the front and below that is a keyboard. And so there's a four directional keypad and there's the OK button in the middle. And then the top left, there's the volume down and the top right, it's the volume up. The button below the volume down, which is the second button on the left, is the call button or it's another OK button. And the button under the volume up button on the right is the end call or the back button. Below those buttons is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and then star 0 pound. And on the top edge is where you can find the headphone jack as well as the charging port, and it uses a micro USB cable. At the bottom edge is um, some holes where you can attach a loop or a lanyard on it in case you want to put it around your neck or your wrist or something like that. There are no buttons on the left side and no buttons on the right side. It does come with the battery out of the case. It's pretty easy to uh, put in. You just pull it the back up. Here's the battery. You can pull the battery out and you can put your SIM and a micro SD um, under the battery. You can feel some springs in the inside part of the phone in the battery compartment on the bottom and if you feel around the battery you can feel the contacts so that you can orient where to put the batteries in. So I'm going to put them back and put the cover back on. It just clicks into place and to power it on, you just press and hold the end call button or the back button. And it says blind shell. And it does a little chime for you, which is, which is really cute. And it takes you straight to the menu. So a lot of these buttons have one function when you press them once um, and then a different function when you press and hold them. It's really easy and intuitive um, once you're on the main screen. Then you press the left and right arrows to go through the menu. Messages, two contacts, three of nine. More applications, four of nine. Settings, five of nine. Information about state, six of nine. Manual, seven of nine. No missed events, eight of nine. Turn off the phone, nine of nine. Call, one of nine. If you want to select something, just press the OK button in the middle of the directional keypad, or you can also press the call button. It's another confirm button, which is under the volume down button. So I'm Dial going to press the middle. And again, it'll take you to another menu, and then you can scroll through the menu just using the left and right arrows. Dial number. Call history, three of four. To exit, you can press the end call button or the back button. If you press this button once, it'll go back one screen, and if you press and hold it, it'll take you back to the main menu. Call one of nine. 
You can change the voice and speed in the settings and you can also change the color scheme. I personally like the white on black but they have different color options and sizes to choose from and you can also choose if you want icons or just text or if you want the icons and text which is how it is right now. There's also a simplified mode if you want to try that out and you can change all these and more in the settings. So if you noticed while I was scrolling through the menu it tells you Call one of nine. One of nine. So it tells you what number it is in the list of items on the menu. And you can actually use this as a shortcut. So say I wanted to go to other applications and I knew just by experience that it is number four in the list. So I can press number four. More applications, four of nine. And then I can press the OK button. Tools, one of four. And that helps because you can do things a lot faster just by using the shortcuts. But another option that you can do is use the voice control, which I really like. You can press and hold one of the volume buttons and just talk. I listen after a beep. Open alarms. Opening alarm. So it just takes you straight to the application that you want and this works for calling, for messaging, for all sorts of things, opening calendar or making an event and a lot more. If you press and hold this when you're in a text field, well let's go to notes. So I listen after a beep. Open notes. Opening notes. Add note one of two. So I'm going to add a note. I'll press the OK button. Text. And now it just says text. So I'm going to press and hold the uh, volume button. Hello, this is just a test. Hello, this is just a test. So it vibrates to let me know that it recognized what I was saying. And then I press the OK button and it inputs the text and reads it back to me. If you ever want to repeat what it said, you can press the down arrow. Text. Hello, this is just a test. And it will repeat it for you. If you want to hear what time it is or the battery or things like that, the date maybe, you can use voice control, but you can also press the up arrow. 1706, Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019, 1 of 5. And then you can press the left and right arrows for more information like Wi-Fi state connected signal strength network battery state 18% 4 of 5 Another really cool thing is with the camera. So I'm going to open the camera with voice control. I listen after a beep. Open camera. Opening camera. So it's beeping to let me know that it's ready to take a picture. So let's just take a picture of the box. So you can press the OK button. Save image one of two. And press the OK button again to save the image. Record a short description now. This is a picture of the Blind Shell Classic Phone box. Image has been saved. Camera images one of two. So if I go into the camera images. Image one of eight. This is a picture of the Blind Shell Classic Phone box. It will play the voice description that I created when I took the picture, which I think is really cool because, you know, a lot of the time when you're blind or visually impaired, you might not remember what that picture is. And so having that 
um, auditory description is very, very helpful. So those are the highlights of the phone. And so what are my thoughts? Well, first, let's talk about a few places where I'd like to see improvement. First, I'd like to see a better screen, um, maybe an OLED or an LCD screen that just will help improve the contrast. Also, a better camera never hurts and it would definitely help for the color reader. But with all that said, this is a really great option for people who aren't very tech savvy or don't quite want to jump onto a smartphone or for seniors or for just people in general who want something that's simple and easy to use. I will say that I love the combination of having buttons as well as voice control. I think that's a really great mix for people who are blind or just people in general. Technology has gone so far and there's so much accessibility when it comes to smartphones, but <laughs> there's nothing like pressing a physical button. It just, there's just something about that. I wasn't able to test the calling or the messaging, things that had to do with the mobile network because I do not have a SIM for this. It's officially launching for the NFB convention from July 7th to 12th. And if you're interested or if you want more information, definitely go to the Blind Shell website, which I will link below. And if you do end up getting this phone or if you know somebody who has this phone, leave a comment down below and share your experience. I'd love to hear from you guys. And if you like this video, give it a thumbs up below and don't forget to subscribe and hit the bell for more videos on how you can live accessible. Thanks for watching and we'll see you in the next one. All right, that was uh, Carrie Morales talking about the Blind Shell Classic Phone. And uh, you can always go to www live accessible I want to say live accessible but she says live accessible.com and uh, I'll be putting that up on the uh, podcast anyway so uh, you'll be able to catch it from there well we're definitely going to change subjects now um, a few months ago at a meeting of the CCB Debbie Harriet who was one of our members brought her boxing coach with her. And his name is uh, Joe Dawson, and he's been doing super things with uh, people who have Parkinson's disease, among other things. And so I, and also, and also, he was a winner of um, a champion award during National Accessibility Week uh last may so i thought that it was just about time that we had a chat with him hi joe how are you doing good thanks thanks for the introduction sure so tell us how you got into boxing um so i actually started uh with wrestling in high school and then towards the end of high school i added boxing to that and i just i kept competing in wrestling competing in boxing you know now i complete compete in mixed martial arts so it's just I've always been involved in combat sports. Okay. So when you do uh, mixed martial arts, can you use whatever part of your body or whatever um, sport modality you want to during a match? Uh, yeah, so you can draw from a ton of different martial arts. There are rules. Uh, you can't do everything that you could do in a fight, but you can do a lot of techniques, and that's why I like it, because there's so many different options. Mm-hmm. Does that also include uh, kickboxing? Yeah, so it includes kickboxing arts, uh, submission grappling arts, as well as 
you know, wrestling, judo, boxing, all sorts of stuff like that. My style tends to be mostly like a wrestler boxer type, all but right. I can kick and do the rest of the stuff too. Yeah. So how many years does that make uh, this now that you've been doing this? Off and on uh, since I was 15 that I've been competing. Uh-huh. Um, in, in one martial art or the other um, since then. Okay. Yeah, great. And do you have your own, uh, do you work out of a specific uh, gym or do you have your own uh, property? Um, so I work out of the Scrapyard Boxing Club. That's where that's where I, I box out of. That's where I do my boxing and my kickboxing training. Okay. Um, Kerry Hendren is my coach. Dwight Koleski also there. And uh, I've worked with them a ton. And they're, uh, Kerry's nice enough to let me use his gym and work out of his gym. Oh, cool. That is great. Uh, so do you have a bout coming up? Uh, I probably won't be taking any fights until next year. I've got a lot going on right now. I'm uh, I'm a volunteer firefighter, and I'm trying to get a full-time position somewhere. So Wow. Um, so, yeah, that, and then training clients, and then doing a lot of different stuff. So I'm focusing on that right now, and then I'll be active competing again next year. All right. Are there uh, different degrees? Like in judo, they have different belt colors. Uh, is there something like that that you have as well? Uh, they don't have any, any belts in boxing or wrestling. The, the belt system is particular to you know Eastern martial arts like judo, karate, Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. Do so, you do any of those? Uh, I've trained with people who are who are good at those arts, and I've cross-trained in them. Um, jiu-jitsu, I've trained in a bunch, uh, but I don't really do them directly. I focus mostly on my wrestling and, and my boxing, my kickboxing. All right. But yeah. So now, how did you get um, working with uh, people with disabilities? Uh, so Debbie actually was introduced to me by my boxing coach, Carrie. So she had uh, showed up at the club and, and wanted to get some one-on-one -on -one boxing training. So Carrie pointed her in my direction, and, uh, and then we just started working together. And it was a lot of just um, figuring out what she was comfortable with, what she wanted to learn, and then how much she could push herself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what it's been. This whole process has been a big learning process and a lot of feedback and communication between her and I about what she can do and what she can't do. Yeah. Can you explain to us why she was particularly interested in boxing? Um, her main reason that she'll say, and it's actually the main reason that I have a lot of my clients, who, whether they have disabilities or not, mm -hmm. um, is to get rid of frustration that had pent up. Because, you know, with all these disabilities, she's not able to, you know, do everyday things the way she used to before she... Uh, had her vision impaired. Right. So yeah. to take out that frustration, she wanted to throw some punches. So, <laughs> so I can help her out with that. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. But there's, obviously, there's a, a ton of other benefits. Um, just to kind of gloss over it quickly. But one of the big ones actually is balance that people might not think about with boxing, but it's balance is huge. Yeah. And then with her being visually impaired and everything like that, balance is going to be key for her getting around and just spatial awareness and moving around comfortably mm -hmm. and that's improved massively with her like I've, I've got her throwing kicks and knees and stuff like that too wow um she didn't expect that she would be able to do that and and that's a fun part of it too is i'll come up with a drill or um an exercise for her and she'll be nervous at first not sure if she's able to to do it um and it's fun to see her put herself out there anyway and then successfully complete the drills super yeah, yeah. that's good um, Would so, you call it also a confidence builder? Oh yeah, massively. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any any martial arts training, um, anyone who's trained martial arts before, 
they know that feeling like you just you feel so much more comfortable and confident because you, you can move better your coordination goes up massively you know doing drills like that because um, another thing I do with Debbie is I get her to fight like a right-handed fighter but also a left-handed fighter so she switches her stance up all the time so she gets comfortable like relearning the same techniques as though she was left-handed so that's fun as well do you use a, a punching bag or does she use a punching bag hopefully she doesn't use you as a punching bag she does use me actually does she really um, we, we do drills like that um so i'll hold the punch mitts i'll use the heavy bag i'll use another one called a double end bag which is really hard to hit if you have complete vision so when she mm -hmm. when she uses that it's, it's very challenging mm -hmm. but i think that because it's challenging it's it's a good tool to use uh-huh mm -hmm. all right have you ever worked with anybody who is totally blind not completely blind. No. Um, mm -hmm. Debbie does have partial vision in one of her eyes. Yeah. Um, so that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. But I, I would love to work with people of any ability level. Yeah. One thing that I've learned through training people that it doesn't matter, you know, how athletic or or how able a person is, they can find a way to make the workout work and get and get uh, get what they want out of that session. Yeah. Because I also I also have another client who has cerebral palsy and he's he's in a chair, and he can still show up and work hard for an hour. Really? Yeah. That's great. Good. So it doesn't matter whether you're standing or sitting. Now, do you have to sit when you're when you're working with him? Um, I'll, I'll kneel down for some of the drills. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them, I'll just he will position himself in front of the heavy bag, and I'll hold the heavy bag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's it's just um, doesn't matter what a person's ability level is coming in, or maybe even if I have someone who's able but they have injuries in their past, you just you figure out ways to work around it. Right. And that problem solving is actually really fun for me. Yeah. Like I get a kick out of that personally when I when I get to figure out how to overcome these obstacles. Super. Yeah. Are there uh, trophies that you can work toward? That I can yeah. for my own competition. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. My next um, my next competition will be professional, so oh. so there'll be like prize money with that. And then I hope to get a bit of a name, you know, generate ticket sales and get money that way, and then hopefully fight for some belts. Yeah. Cool. Before I get too old anyway. I'm 28 <laughs> now, which is, which is a good, that's a good age for fighting, especially for mixed martial arts. I find that, like, 28 is fine. Mm -hmm. But once I get into, like, later 30s, it might be time to hang them up. So, uh. <laughs> so I want to get as many competitions in as I can and then, and then maybe open up a gym after that when I feel I've... Any I other uh, sports like hockey or baseball or anything like that? Uh, I used to play a lot of hockey. I used to play actually a ton of rugby as well. With uh, with my schedule these days, I I barely have enough time for my own my main sport. So unfortunately, I don't get to play those, which is too bad. Maybe yeah. I'll return to them again after I'm done fighting because the team sports are really fun and relaxing for me, especially in comparison to to fighting. So. Mm -hmm. Now I hear that uh, through Debbie that you have done. A fair bit of work with people who have Parkinson's disease, is that right? That's true, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I used to be a personal trainer at Good Life. I still work there part-time in the daycare and at uh, the front desk. But um, when I was a trainer there, there's another trainer there, Mark Cleary, who wanted to start a boxing program for people who have Parkinson's. Mark is from, from my boxing club, the Scrapyard, as well. Okay. And uh, he asked me to help him out with that, so he and I got that program started. And I still help out with that program now, just on a volunteer basis, because I'm not working as a trainer there now but it's still going and it's growing all the time and um yeah and, it, and it's a great uh it's a great training modality for people with parkinson's again for similar reasons like it improves your balance improves your confidence improves your coordination and um it's challenging and taxing to 
get people who have Parkinson's to struggle through those workouts. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the things that I understand is a real hassle with, for somebody with Parkinson's is that when they want to first start moving, like to, to walk or whatever, they get stuck and they can't move their, their first, the first, take the first step. Um, do you ever run into anything like that? We do, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, some of the members there have a, a particularly hard time getting moving once they've been stationary for a bit. Or if they're right-hand dominant, they have a real hard time, you know, extending the left hand or, uh -huh. or, or vice versa. Like the right hand will be easy, but... Um, but it's just simply a matter of showing up and putting the time in and training and pushing yourself. And the clients, all the clients that we have there find that their, their symptoms are greatly reduced after time. That's great. So do you work with the local chapter of the Parkinson's Society of Canada? Uh, the, the instructor's still there. They do, yeah, mm -hmm. um, at Good Life. Okay, yeah. Um, now I have a question for you. I have a, um, an arthritic... Well, my right uh, ring finger is very arthritic. Mm -hmm. um, would it damage it to put it into a glove and try to roll uh, the hand up into a fist? I wouldn't think so. Um, you use hand wraps, so you actually wrap your hands up before you put it in the glove, so oh. that protects the bones of the hand. Okay. Um, and if you're making a proper fist and you're focusing on hitting more so with your middle knuckle, your first two knuckles, ah. then you're not actually going to be hitting too hard with that that ring finger yeah but you could always test it out and uh and find out if it would work or not uh when i was growing up i don't know about anybody else but i know a lot of people talk about boxing being a violent sport and that sort of thing but mm -hmm. when i was growing up um i i used to well as a matter of fact when i was eight i met yvonne Durrell. okay and uh, he was a uh, heavyweight uh champ i think light heavyweight maybe back in the uh, early 50s late 50s uh, in that uh, era and he was from uh, New Brunswick I think and um, uh, he uh, came to the school that I was going to in uh, Montreal and uh, my father I, I remembered him from watching uh, the Friday night fights with my dad and uh, so I, I was interested in that anyway, and um, uh, one of my fond memories is of watching the Friday night fights with my dad. So um, I might just uh, show up at your uh, at the Scrapyard Gyms one, one of these days. Yeah, I'd like that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and we could test it out to see. Yeah, for sure. Whether my finger would uh, weather the storm mm -hmm. or not. Uh huh. Um, what days are you there, and uh, what costs are we looking at? So I am there usually through the week during the day, but I make things work with the schedules of, of my clients. So I have to, we have to find that middle ground of when, I, when they can come in, when it's convenient for me, but also when it's convenient for them. Ah, okay. um, generally, I like to group my clients together, so it's one after another. So we just, I get in at a certain time, and I just go one after another, like hour after hour. Okay. Um, that's, that's what I ideally would do, but... I'm pretty flexible as far as that goes. Yeah. It's a good thing that, you know, working on my own, I can decide my own hours in that way. Yeah. Um, and then even if worse comes to worse, I can't get to the gym for whatever reason, I can just use my own house because in my basement I have a good setup for that too. Ah, okay. Um, so, yeah, um, and I charge 30 an hour for the sessions. Okay. Um, 
and I'm pretty easy to work with in that way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought you don't it was... hit so hard. No, no. <laughs> uh, it depends. Like it depends on the client what they want to do. One of my clients, you know, he's a young guy, good athlete, um, really interested in the sport. Had never trained before. Him and I spar now, so we'll get in there and and, uh, and punch each other. But that's just because he wants to learn and wants to have that experience. So, just depends on what the individual asks for. And when you do something like that, do, do you have protective uh, gear that you have to wear? Oh, yeah. Mouth guards, big mm-hmm. gloves, hand wraps, all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I, I like to think I'm a pretty good training partner in that way, that I'm pretty safe to, to get in the ring with. Yeah. So, because um, the last thing I'd want is for a client to have a bad experience or for me to be a bu- like a bully in there with someone who's brand new. So. <laughs> ha- ha- I, sorry, go ahead, Bob. I've heard that uh, working like that with an expert is a lot easier than working with a novice because the uh, expert knows how not to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I if I give myself that title of expert, but I think I, I think I know what I'm doing there. Um, and yeah, it's definitely safer than if they were to get in with someone who maybe only had a couple fights and they're still kind of not quite confident and they're a little rammy. <laughs> so, and then I remember what it was like when I first started boxing, and I got in there with guys with a lot of experience who were good with me you know they worked with me yeah they didn't they didn't they could have beat beat me up pretty good but they didn't and then i've also been in there with guys with a ton of experience who didn't care that it was my first day and and went as hard as they could so there's there's different types yeah um do you uh do what you can to guard against uh brain injury yeah i do yeah that uh so the thing about boxing is that the training itself is actually quite easy on your body I would say compared to say wrestling like wrestling is oh, yeah. by far the hardest martial art in my opinion on your body mm-hmm. um, but boxing is pretty easy on your body only thing is because you can only punch the head and the body that's the only techniques you're allowed to use in boxing you can get a lot of brain trauma if you're not careful oh yeah yeah but I try to train smart and that's why when we're sparring it's sparring not fighting so I'm not uh, trying to my partners and I aren't trying to take each other's heads off so right you're not trying to achieve a knockout necessarily. No, no, not in practice. And I'm, I'm friends with all my partners anyway. So, <laughs> um, so I like to save that for the ring. Yeah, yeah. But when you have your next um, competition, uh, you'll be going all out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And trying to avoid as much brain damage as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for yourself or for your partner or, or your opponent? For me, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Uh, is it possible to go to go and see your next competition? Is oh it... yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll be in Ontario somewhere. Okay. Um, I'm not sure yet. I don't have like I said. I'm not going to be taking anything for a little bit. Yeah. Probably not until next year. Oh okay. Um, but I'll be trying to let as many people know as possible when I am because the more people that go, mm-hmm. the more tickets are sold. <laughs> yes. So it's uh, so it's a good thing. Have you ever done any sparring with uh, Cody Crowley? Uh, he was at my club a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's super. I would. I'd love to go to one of those competitions, but I'm not sure that they would have play-by-play. So I'm not sure how useful that would be for me. You know what? I'm not sure about that actually. But um, I know when I compete, I'll, I'll be looking into that for sure. All right, super. That'll be great. If I could, yeah, it would be good. They they must have something like that. And if they didn't, I would try and get something set up. Especially because I, I know that Debbie would be there at all my fights. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if I could get that, that would be uh, important. Yeah, that's great. 
Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention about your work with people with uh, Parkinson's or any other type of disability? I just wanted to say that if you're interested in learning how to box or how to kickbox or any kind of self, I also teach women's self-defense, so any kind of women's self-defense program. Um, I've also worked with people involved in law enforcement who are more interested in the wrestling and the grappling, so I teach that as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you're interested in any kind of combat sport or self-defense art, um, hit me up and don't, don't worry about like whatever kind of injuries you have or disabilities you have. Uh, we'll find a way to work around it. All right. And how do they... Sorry, Bob. I'm just saying that is really fantastic that you can do that. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, so if you want to reach me yes. um, on Instagram, I'm at, at D-J-O-E-D-A-W-S-O-N. So that's D Joe Dawson. And then my email is the same thing. It's djoedawson at gmail.com. So that's D-J-O-E-D-A-W-S-O-N at gmail.com. All right. That's great. I hope that you'll let us know uh, when and where your next competition is, whether it's, you know, uh, giving me a, a call or an email or through Debbie or whoever, you oh, know. Yeah. For sure, Devin. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. All right. Good. Um, is there anything else you wanted to that we haven't asked you about? Uh, no, that's it. Thank you so much You're for having right. me on. I take that as a huge compliment that you wanted to hear me speak, so thank you. Oh, <laughs> definitely. I, I was absolutely captivated when you spoke at the uh, CCB made, meeting, I think it was last April. It was, yeah. That's kind of you to say. Thank yeah. you. And uh, so, uh, and um, liking boxing as much as I do, liking watching boxing uh, bouts as much as I do, I definitely wanted to have you on. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming, Joe. Oh, really yeah, anytime. I'll come that. back anytime. Yeah. All right, yeah, I hate to interrupt here, uh, but we could uh, play some song maybe. Maybe at the song we got queued up here, we can get yeah, that going. Yeah, we've got uh, Simon and Garfunkel with The Boxer, and will that take us to the end? Uh, it is about uh, 4.44. So we got some time after the song, but we can play this just to get uh, the room a little bit cooled down. It's pretty hot. Oh, uh, yes, yes. And you'd almost think well, you had been in a boxing bout by the uh, yeah. perspiration that's running off us. Anyway, enough of uh, that. those kind of graphics. Let's hear Simon and Garfunkel and The Boxer. Just a poor boy, though my story is seldom told. I have squandered my resistance for a pocket full of mumbles, such are promises. All lies and jest, still a man hears what he wants to hear and disregards the rest. No more than a boy in the company of strangers In the quiet of the railway station Running scared Laying low, seeking out the poor quarters Where the ragged people go Looking for the places only they would know Job, but I get no offers 
just to come on from the woods on 7th Avenue. I do declare there were times when I was so lonesome I took some comfort there. La, 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 la. All right, that was uh, Simon and Garfunkel and the uh, boxer. No Canadian content there, but it seemed appropriate to, to play that. And thanks again to Joe Dawson for being with us. Well, fellows, um, this is our last uh, show in July. I was kind of hoping to have somebody with us to talk about... Uh, 
Sarcoma Awareness Month. Uh, sarcoma is a type of cancer of the connective tissue, like bone and muscle and nerves and that. And it is Sarcoma Awareness Month, but couldn't uh, raise anybody from the uh, PRHC um, pediatric uh, unit. So maybe next year, who knows? And then um, I'm hoping that um, when they come back from holiday, I can get somebody from Dr. Melinda Gooderham's office um, to talk to us about uh, psoriasis awareness month. Uh, you wouldn't think that that is such a disability, but uh, it is as far as someone's emotions are concerned, you know, because a lot of people, when they see a disability, they kind of steer away, don't they? Well, uh, Devin, have you got uh, anyone planned maybe for uh, talking to diabetics? Um, I haven't yet, but I but I certainly will, definitely for November, because that's Diabetes Awareness Month. And, uh, gee, I, I should have asked Joe more about the Champion Award, but uh, it sure sounds like his uh, workout spot there at the uh, Scrapyard Gym is very accessible, and hopefully we can get hold of more. There were three others who won champion awards during National Accessibility Week. So hopefully we can uh, get hold of uh, one of them. And if we can't uh, do it before the summer season finishes at the uh, 12th of August, then uh, maybe uh, for uh, first thing in September, because we have a nice long fall and, uh, well, fall season until uh, about the first week of, of December, so we should be able to find lots of people. So uh, that's something you and I can be working on, Bob. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Always something. Yes. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, so that just about uh, brings us to the end of uh, what we have, except that we do have one other song about uh, a telephone. Once again, it's not Canadian content, but I thought I'd throw it in there. Uh, you'll remember Hawkshaw Hawkins, yeah, Bob. Yeah. yeah. This is uh, Lonesome 77203. Had our number changed today but each time the phone would ring, they'd want to speak to you. And it hurts to tell them you're not here with me.
telephone beside me all the time Hoping you might want to call and say you've changed your mind If you do, then darling, you know where I'll be Our new number two So now if the telephone should ring I'll know it's you If you ever long for love That used to be Just call Lonesome 7-7 Just call Lonesome 7-7-203. All right, that was great. Um, Lonesome 7-7-203. I'm sure there are scads of songs about uh, telephoning somebody, but um, we had already heard uh, Gene McClellan last week, so I thought maybe we shouldn't hear it again this week. And we're supposed to try to keep it as Canadian as we can, <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh, not always possible, especially about the subject that we're referring to. Well, folks, um, that just about does it for this week's edition of Insight Peterborough. Thank you, fellows, for doing this with me. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. And, uh, Bob, those were really good questions, and I uh, look forward to having you in the fall. And Jonathan, what are you up to in the fall? Uh, I'm a trend student, so I'll be going to class, hopefully. <laughs> All right. What are you taking? Uh, right now I'm in archaeology, but I'm in the midst of a uh, major change to becoming a mathematics major. Wow, yeah. that is quite a change. Yeah, it's a, big, uh, it's a bit change of pace, but I think yeah. I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you for the next couple of weeks, but uh, all the best of luck. Thank you. And uh, so to finish the show off, what do we have? Uh, we got a couple of Rob Hailman songs, a uh, Trent Radio member here. Um, we have uh, No Pussy Footing playing Space Monkey Blues. That's his band. All right. So you have a good week, folks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>